Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel. You can find links on my website at candacesanderson.com. My name is Candace Sanderson, and I welcome you back. I have had many emails and messages from people who watched or listened to my last episode called Life Lessons at Chico's when my 11-year-old granddaughter and I were in lockdown. I especially want to thank Paul, who contacted me with questions about finding peace, that peace that we feel is often so elusive. It seems that if we search for peace, we can't find it. It feels like we actually chase it away from us. Yet peace can surprise us by appearing in our time of need. It can find its way to us when we are with the loved one with a terminal illness, for example. So why is it that we can become a caregiver and offer aid with love, with peace, with grace. Yet when someone cuts us off in traffic, or that IRS refund is stuck in limbo for three years, or we simply have too much on our plates, why is it that we freak out over those petty things? Why do we let those little things become greater than what they are? I do this. But why? And the better question is, how can I stop it? These trivial things are just bumps in the road and often very small bumps at that. So why is it that when we are really needed, we can step up and we do step up to do whatever is needed? And we do so often with grace, peace, and what looks and feels like ease. By the way, don't get me wrong. I am certainly not saying that I was all misgracing ease as the lockdown situation occurred. I was very teary-eyed when I had to contact my daughter to share in real time as this happened. But during the lockdown, in those 30 minutes of one-on-one conversations with my granddaughter, we talked about school, about vacation about all sorts of things without freaking out. All the while, I was planning on how I could and would protect her should the gunman enter. But she didn't need to know that. So how is it that we often muster a sense of peace and calm during very stressful situations, but we let those silly little things bother us? What can we do to bring that peace into daily living? I decided to ask the messengers, and this is what they told me. It goes back to the POE, the point of existence. Now, that's a concept that the messengers have given me on how to visualize consciousness. 
consciousness is awareness. And once we become aware of consciousness, aware of awareness, we can then use it as a tool. The messengers have told me to imagine your consciousness, your POE, point of existence, as a tiny dot, as a particle that resides deep within the physical body. Because our awareness is deep within this physical frame, naturally, we go through our 3D life thinking that we are our physical bodies. That's understandable. That's what I used to think. I observed and then came to the conclusion that this is how we function. We operate through the machinery of this physical body. We are limited to those senses of hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, smelling. And those senses are limiting as well, too. I didn't realize it at the time. These senses certainly have their purpose, but they also lock us into sometimes a stimulus response model of classical conditioning. We use our physical senses by way of our vehicle, our physical body, to operate within the 3D. And when something goes wrong, you know it because something's off. You feel it or you see it or you hear it or you smell it, but you sense it. And when something is really off, it creates that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. Something that has been programmed into the physical body since before humanity began walking on two legs. The heart pumps stronger and faster. The breath quickens. The adrenaline rushes to provide a quick and efficient burst of energy. Why? For survival. It's the classical conditioning that I learned about as a psychologist. It's stimulus and response. When we are confronted with something that's anxiety provoking, we go into survival mode. It's automatic. We don't think about it. Let's break that down. That stimulus response is very helpful. We touch a hot stove. We don't have to stop and think about it and analyze it and decide what to do. We automatically react by withdrawing our hand. There are many times we react when acting would be more beneficial. We're in a situation at work or maybe with our family or someone, a neighbor, pushes our buttons. We've been there before, and instinctively, when our buttons are pushed, we react as we've always reacted. Maybe it's with anger. Maybe it's with sadness. We strike back. We withdraw. It's whatever we've done in the past. These are the types of situations I'm referring to, where we can learn to act instead of reacting. If our reactions do not serve us, we can change our behavior by replacing those reactions with a purposeful behavior that does serve us better. Let me introduce what was a game changer for me, the 90-second rule. In one of my all-time favorite books, 
My Stroke of Insight by Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. I learned a valuable lesson. Dr. Bolte-Taylor is a neuroscientist who witnessed her own stroke in real time. And when I read this book, she referenced the 90-second rule. In our physical makeup, we are pre-programmed to respond to certain events. Years ago, when we lived in caves, if we were threatened by a saber-toothed tiger, for example, if we didn't do something right away, we would be the tiger's next meal. So we are beautifully equipped to survive. When confronted with something dangerous, our brains flood the physical body with a rush of hormones so that we can escape or fight this intrusion. But the 90-second rule comes into play here. This was new information for me, that within 90 seconds, that entire rush of hormones is gone, totally gone from our system. Think of that. Think of the implications. First of all, it makes sense. This rush has to be fast or we would not survive. But then we go back to business as usual. But if we continue to respond to that situation, which is no longer there, that's valuable information. It tells us we have chosen to do so. We have chosen to relive that experience. If someone hurts us emotionally, we can let that go. Or we can hang on to it for years. We can relive it day after day, hour by hour. It is now a choice. Here's the thing that's important. Our brain does not recognize the difference between a traumatic event and the thoughts of that event. So as we think about the event, our body continually responds in the same manner as if the event were happening right then in real time. Again, let that sink in. What does that mean? It means that we are in control and we can choose which levers to pull. We don't want to grab whatever is in front of us. Instead, take a deep breath or two or three. Use those deep breaths as a buffer to put a space, a sacred space, between the stimulus and the response. Now we can choose how we want to act. Do you want to automatically react what you've done for years? And in doing so, push all those hormones through your system? After all, you've lived that scene multiple times before. Maybe it's best to table that hormonal rush until another saber-toothed tiger comes along. Let's not waste those valuable assets just because we've thought of what happened. Now let's return to the POE, that way to visualize consciousness. 
many of us think that we are our physical bodies. I know I certainly did. But when we first move beyond that, it can be an amazing experience. Maybe it happened to you during a meditation. Maybe it was a drumming circle. Maybe you had a near-death experience. Maybe, like me, it happened when you were driving to work early one morning. For whatever reason, your point of existence, your awareness, moves beyond the physical body. And as it transforms from that particle state to a field state, what happens? One of the first things we notice is we become the observer, the witness. And now as the observer, you can see the situation much more clearly. If you are the caregiver to a loved one, for example, you see the larger picture. You are no longer thinking of you and your survival. You rise above. You begin to think outside the box. You do this because you are now functioning within the present moment. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. You are here now. And to be in the present moment, that means that you have moved from your headspace where you analyze the pros and cons of all situations. And instead, you have engaged the energy of your heart. Being in the present moment calls forth the wisdom of heart energy. For years, the messengers have told me time and time again that the heart is a portal to the non-physical realms. The heart is what connects us to that field state that surrounds us. When our POE, our awareness, moves beyond the physical body, we enter a state where everything is connected. As we expand into this beautiful field of energy, we gain a different perspective. We no longer allow those petty little things to bother us. We begin to see the greater picture. So that is the key. When we find ourselves getting wrapped up in the day-to-day business that pushes our buttons, let's learn how to rise above that. The first step is to break the cycle. Since many of us tend to be analytical creatures, let's start with that. Let's use our brain, something we want to get away from, but it's a great beginning. Think of the 90-second rule. Know that you are in control. Next, do something. Think of the advice we give young children who might be upset. First thing we do is we say, take a deep breath. Well, why not? That's a productive way to put a break in that automatic stimulus response. Deep breathing offers us a reset. It offers us an opportunity to stop a reaction. And it gives us space to consider an action. While in this space, 
Breathe into your heart and bring your energy and focus into this beautiful organ that keeps us alive. Next, smile. You may not feel like it, but do it anyway. Remember how our brains don't know the difference between an event and the thoughts of the event? Let that work for us. Smiling stimulates endorphins that immediately flood our system with higher vibrational frequencies, calming us. Just by smiling and breathing deeply, we've begun to expand our awareness, our consciousness. We've begun to leave that particle state and enter a field state. And when we are there, our senses expand and they register more than what they do in the 3D. And it is within that space, that sacred space, that we can tap into peace and wisdom. This is where we tune into our intuition. Why? Because within the spaces of this field, where everything is connected, we feel that unity. We are closer to our true essence, our spirit. We're closer to our true nature. We're closer to the creator, the higher self, whatever term you wish to use. When you are present, you step into that field of energy. That is when you step away from that chatter that goes on in the brain. You slip into what is important, which is always the present moment. When you are in that sacred present moment, you are using heart energy that connects us to all that is. Our perspectives change. We understand beyond words what is important. And that's never been clearer than in the present moment. As Bob Monroe from Monroe Institute used to affirm, we are more than our physical bodies. It is within this field state and by using our hearts that we begin to understand the wisdom of this affirmation. Embrace that and know that you are more than your physical body. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, remember how important kindness is. Remember to smile throughout the day and to bring positive thoughts your way. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.